You're listening to From the Midlands, the stories of people making a difference across the region. Our presenter is Gail Downey. On this episode of From the Midlands, we'll be hearing about the legacy of a Coventry teaching assistant whose simple idea led to the starting of a charity which provides well-fitting school shoes for children in need. The Coventry Children's Boot Fund was set up by George Gibson 130 years ago. Obviously, he can't be with us, but we'll be hearing from those involved with the charity, which is as much needed today as it was then. First up is Peter Hancock, whose family has had a generation of involvement with the charity. Yes, um, and my father was the secretary of the Children's Boot Fund before me, and his father was on the committee before that in the 1930s and my daughter is now the vice chair of the charity that's how I got involved basically I went along I was a teacher in Coventry so I was involved with children uh, and several of my colleagues were also on the committee tell me why your grandfather got involved my grandfather got involved because he was a head of a, a church school in Coventry and the church dealt with the boot fund and he got to know about the boot fund and they needed more people from schools to be on the committee and so he volunteered to go on the committee. So what is the Children's Boot Fund? We provide good quality school shoes for children to go to school in. We feel that that's the most expensive part of any school uniform. It's possibly the part that children grow out of the quickest and therefore it is a large financial burden on parents who are on limited incomes. And the Boot Fund originally also did clothes, didn't it? Right in the very first place they did clothes because the originator of the Boot Fund saw many of his children from the centre of Coventry coming to school, particularly during the winter, sewn into their clothes and the clothes literally falling apart on their bodies. And then so he decided that he'd start a fund so that he could buy them good quality winter clothes particularly coats and shoes to save them from well getting cold (laughs) and getting wet (laughs) now that was back in the 1890s but here we are today Mm -hmm. and you're still supplying school shoes to children locally Mm -hmm. we're in a well we are now in a different world obviously and poverty is looked upon in a very different way people are helped by the government Things are getting more and more expensive all the time. There are more and more families who are on, dare I say it, very low incomes and they can't afford to buy shoes, particularly if they've got two or three children all at the same time. They just can't afford it. And as you said, children grow out of shoes very, very quickly, don't they? They do indeed. They grow out of them very quickly indeed. And of course, children are well known for kicking balls around and stones around, etc. with shoes, which also damages them. But as long as we feel we can give them good quality shoes, which they can go and choose for themselves, we don't force them. As long as they're school shoes... we're happy and they go to one shop in Coventry which supplies them and I understand it's a voucher system yes we issue they apply to us uh, through the schools everything is done through the schools we don't deal directly with parents the schools will send us an application form we will then have a meeting or if it's an emergency it will go through and it's decided that yes that child will have a pair of shoes and a voucher is written out to ages in Coventry the shoe shop and then that 
uh, voucher goes back to the school. The school sees that it goes to the parents. And the parents are told, you know, go to ages. It's all very simple. And then the parents will take the voucher to ages. And in exchange for the voucher, they get a pair of shoes for their children. And the children themselves, when they go to school and their shoes aren't suitable, or they're slightly different, or they're slightly old or slightly worn, does that have an impact on them? Do the other children notice? Well, they wouldn't notice uh, that they're boot fun shoes because they are good quality shoes. Uh, the th- I think the main thing is is the children's health and foot care that we're worried about. We want to make sure that they've got good fitting shoes which are weatherproof and they don't look any different to anybody else's because all the children in the school will be wearing school shoes. This child may well have been going in saddles even or trainers and now he's in proper school shoes. So it's the teachers or the school who notice that a child is in need of shoes because why, how? The boot fund doesn't uh, go in personal contact with parents. The schools are best placed to notice if children have a problem not only with shoes but with dress or anything else and so the schools are best placed to come to us or at least say to the parents to come to us to get the shoes. So either parents can apply or the schools can apply to you? Parents apply to the school and then the the, uh, application form comes through to us from the schools. They have to come from the schools. We don't we don't take applications from individuals. And when children go to get the shoes, do they notice any different? Do they have to go in a different part of the shop? No, the ages are very, very good. All The only difference is that they hand a voucher over and they don't have to pay any money. Otherwise, they have the run of the shop to choose whichever shoes within school regulation shoes. Uh, and they're fitted just as they would normally be if they were going in to purchase the shoes. You were a teacher at schools, a number of schools in Coventry. Did you notice then the children needing shoes, clothes? Was there a difficulty when you were in schools? How long ago was that? When I first started teaching in schools, which was the early 70s, um, there were children who were obviously in great need. Uh, There was one child that came into school and he didn't have any shoes. So he came in bare feet? Yes. Uh, except that his mother had painted his feet black. And that was an extreme case. Uh, but yes, there were, at the time, um, quite a lot of poor children coming to the schools I worked in because a lot of the factories were starting to close um, and work was in the, in the 70s was scarce for various reasons. Later on, it's improved. But, as we found with the fund, there were still people in the Coventry area in need. And it's need. Does that surprise you that nowadays children are still struggling to have decent shoes? Parents are still struggling to buy their children's shoes for school? Not really. Um, As I said before, good shoes are expensive. And therefore, a lot the very I, I can't imagine children going in barefoot anymore. I mean, that's that's it's going too far. But they might go into trainers, sandals for girls, and this sort of thing, which are not suitable for school wear and wear out very quickly. But they're cheap, and while cheap shoes or cheap trainers etc are still available, good school shoes 
are beyond some people's finances when they need because when children need new shoes they need new shoes and as we said they grow out of them so quickly yes and they grow out of them very very quickly maybe they wear trainers the rest of the time but when they go to school they have to have the decent shoes originally the children were given hobnail boots i mean we are talking back in the 1890s i can't imagine children wearing them now no i can't imagine although you'd be surprised that some children insist it's the boot fun therefore we've got to have some boots <laughs> but no it's shoes <laughs> the the hobnail boots were of course right up until the second world war were quite normal for children to wear because they were easily repairable and they lasted a long time so children's feet tended to get a bit pinched <laughs> as they go out of them but we did do an exchange system so that they could come in and exchange one pair of shoes for another one pair of boots for another pair of boots but that of course has changed completely so the shoes are regulation school shoes and they're good quality they last them yes um clark's or that type of shoe and they are fitted properly, you know, so they're fitted for breadth and size and with a little bit of growing room as they should be. Do you see the boot fund uh, growing in terms of need? I don't know whether it's going to grow in terms of need, but I, we don't see any let up. We don't see it dropping off at all. Um, this year, obviously, is very different or because of uh, COVID, etc., and things have changed for us but our normal average is not really changed over the last 10 years not really we, we, we're still doing anything between four and six hundred pairs a year also with us is martin harbin now you're the treasurer so you can give us some facts and figures around this peter said four to six hundred shoes are distributed across coventry every year how much money do you need to keep going Somewhere between 16, 18, 20,000 a year. The bills come in at sort of three or four thousand pounds a quarter, generally speaking, from Charles Agus, who are the people that supply and give us good discount on them because obviously they want to help charity as well. As far as raising funds are concerned, we get help from quite a lot of other organisations and we know some we can rely on to help us, but we get good years and bad years. Uh, that we often have two or three years where we get 12. £10,000 a year in and then we get left money in a will or, or a particular charity gives us a, a, a big donation and suddenly it's 30000 so on balance we keep up with it uh, but £18,000-£20,000 a year is what we're going to spend. Do you think if you had more money you could help more children? Possibly but we, we try and meet the demand by the need. We, we try not to be restricted by the amount of funds we've got. We, 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 we would find it a terrible thing to actually limit the amount of shoes we could give when there's a need there. So we try and make sure we have a contingency to, to get us through the fallow years and, and make sure that we, we can um, help everybody that needs it and not restricted by funding. We find that we, know, we, know, we get to know the families when the names come up every year, when a, a family need new shoes because they've grown out of them or they're worn out. And when the teachers come to you, do they give you the backstory of your life? of the children many do uh, we have an appeal form which is completed fairly simple and gives us the background we we we, we want but we to some extent rely on the schools they know the families and they know the children and they know the circumstances so we, we rely on them although uh, i'm sure we make mistakes occasionally that's what happens with the charity we want to fill the need where it's there and if occasionally we make a mistake well so be it but it's the greater good we're after we try and not to judge it's the child that matters um but uh, from, from the point of view of 
um, uh, how we help with the school it really is a case of the school will see uh, a child that's in difficulties or maybe worn out shoes or holes in the shoes uh, and they the appeal comes through them they will very occasionally send us background information about the circumstance of the family but as you say you're not there to judge some of the stories must be heartbreaking indeed they are um, we, we, we have appeals through grandparents that are bringing up grandchildren because of the family circumstances uh, Children are living with parents in bed and breakfast, so they've got very, very little. Um, families from dysfunctional households where there's violence, the parent involved has to move out uh, with the child very quickly. So you see really distressing circumstances. And as, 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 as a long time ago, when I first got involved with the Boot Fund, somebody said to me that when you see a six-year-old boy in a school playground in their sister's Wellington boots being teased by the other kids, you realise there's a need for the Boot Fund. One of those who benefited from the Coventry Boot Fund was Ken Benfield, former Lord Mayor of Coventry and Coventry City Councillor, and also he set up his own building business. Ken sadly has passed away, but I'm with his son, Clive Benfield. Clive, tell me the story of how your father got involved with the Coventry Boot Fund. My father came from a fairly poor family. Uh, They moved from Wolverhampton uh, to Coventry, and grandfather was a photographer. And so he used to get my father to go running around the street, knocking on doors, saying, the photographer's coming, the photographer's coming, would you like your photograph taking? And so he had to do that, and they took the photos, developed them, and took them back later. Uh, But he went to um, Charles Moore School, and uh, as as a poor family, they couldn't afford proper shoes, so father had charity boots, those were his word, charity boots, and they'd got studs in the bottom of them. And uh, one day, uh, father got called up in front of the headmaster, in front of the star uh, class, because he'd lost a stud out of his boots. And this was, you know, his absolute shame. And that was the basic spur for my father to say, I'm never going to be poor ever again. And that was really how he got involved in the boot fund. And of course, he then went on uh, from Charles Small School. He, he started in business as a carpenter. Well, he, started, he was a carpenter and builder to start with. But at the age of 18, he went on his own and he bought himself a a handcart. He bought himself his first director's chair, you could call it, which I've got in my garage at the moment. Um, And he started going and uh, repairing sash cords and things and started in business as a carpenter building uh, on his own account. So when you say he had charity boots, these were from the Coventry Boot Fund? These were boots from the Coventry Boot Fund at the time, yes. So having those boots meant he was able to go to school and get an education? He was able to go to school and get an education, but uh, the big part of the story is that those charity boots actually spurred him on to his future success. And without the charity boots, he probably wouldn't have been as successful. So your father decided, as you said, he was never going to be poor again, and he went on to be a very successful businessman in Coventry. He did. Again, he built his uh, own business. Uh, he, at one time, he had 15 companies uh, and he, we were do, um, in contracting and house building, but we were down in London, in East Anglia. Um, he went overseas to Malta and uh, built an organisation there. We actually went over to Libya as well to build a thousand houses in Libya, but uh, got out of there uh, when um, King Idris was kicked off the throne by Gaddafi. 
So, uh, yeah, he had an eventful life. He was a bit of an adventurer. And he was a great supporter of the Coventry Boot Fund. What does the Coventry Boot Fund mean to you? Because you still support the Coventry Boot Fund today. Um, Until a few years ago, I I didn't know that it still existed. Because I would have have assumed that in this day and age, people would... um, have the resources to wear proper shoes etc so it was a bit of a shock I suppose now with the, with the background from my father's story it was only natural that I wanted to support it and still want to support it uh, but we do need to do something to support those school children who who haven't got the resources uh, of their own thank you to Peter Hancock and Martin Harbin from the Coventry Children's Boot Fund to Clive Benfield, whose father benefited from the fund and who is a supporter of the charity. And of course, a big thank you to the man who started it all and whose simple idea is still making a difference here in the Midlands, teaching assistant George Gibson. This podcast was sponsored by Benfield Homes. You've been listening to From the Midlands, a whirlwind production. If you've enjoyed listening and would like to sponsor this series of podcasts, details are available on our website at fromthemidlands.co.uk.